Previously on Almost Heroes. Well, last time, I woke up to just Rangrim screaming and yelling at me, and then he threw a bunch of water on me. I thought I was on a sinking boat, fearing for my life and my friend's life. I ran around, ran below deck. I scooped up Ego, and we tried to jump off, thinking we were going to just swim for our lives. And, uh, well, fortunately, I landed safely on the port deck. And uh, was delightfully surprised to find that I was not on a sinking ship. And uh, happily still in Westreach. Because that would have been one drunk story, had it not. After that, I made Rangrim buy me all the food my hangover could handle. All the way to the Crooked Tooth Inn. Where Glynn and Rangrim tried to go into this really dark room. And these strangers told him that they should go away. And uh, we tried to flash a badge and... We still left. Glynn sent some weird words in another language, and then we just left. But after that, when we met one of the most marvelous people I have ever encountered, his name was Deggs. We were really just looking for directions to the belly of the beast, but we got some true entertainment. And uh, he showed us all of his cool tricks. Uh, Rangrim tricked him out of some gold. That was a cool trick. And uh, pretended he was in some guild or another. I don't really remember. I was still hungover and eaten. After that, we made our way over to Jargats. Well, we didn't know it was Jargats, but it was, and we said we were sorry, and so, yeah. And then uh, we all bought some cool stuff. I got a fancy shield, and uh, Rangrim's got a cool hammer. He'll smash some heads. And uh, Lynn got a cool new toy. I don't really remember what it was. Still a little hungover. But I really liked Rangrim's hammer. Uh, after leaving, we were headed up to the Temple of the Seven. And uh, we were walking up the hill when I started to really, really get a headache. And uh, on our way, I thought it was just a hangover. And then suddenly, Poe landed on Glynn's shoulder, returning a message that Pops was not in Ten Town anymore. And that's where we left off. Thank you very much, Bobby. That brings us to episode 55, Past and Present. So, welcome back, travelers. We pick up, with the, we pick up the story with our almost heroes at the coastal city of Westreach, just outside the lower gates of the Temple of the Seven Gods. Poe the Raven has just landed on your shoulder, Glenn, uh, returning from his long journey to Tintown, relaying the news that your good friend Pops, along with his tinkering workshop, have seemingly vanished. So, uh, what do you all do? Uh, as Poe lands on uh, Glenn's shoulder, he gives him some scratches, like, ah, thanks for the, the notification. Uh, boys, we might not need to head back to Tintown anytime soon. At least on my account, Pops seems to have packed up shop and headed out of town so i guess there's one less anchor point back there for us but is is something wrong what what made him leave i kind of gave him a an idea to head out of town why months ago as things were getting bad as the monsters were coming up from underneath not a lot of people in that town that uh i really took much interest in so pops gave him a little bit of a heads up and apparently took it to heart i Sure, you guys aren't too surprised to notice that uh, most of that building of his was alive and moving. So, from uh, Poe's report, sounds like he might have just upped and moved. 
You just took all of it with him? That would be my guess. Can I like check in with Poe if Poe can like depict yeah. it in any telepathic way? No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, uh, while speaking uh, telepathically with uh, with Poe, uh, so as not to incite the the Raven squawks. Um, yeah, you learn that you. I think you kind of get like a visual image of what Poe saw, like just kind of like a, a brief r- recording of it. Um, and you can see that um, essentially it looks like a. a yeah just basically yeah just like a slight indent in like a big a big rectangular patch right where uh uh crackle pops used to be okay uh yeah and convey that it's like yeah basically i kind of assumed he had a means of doing so i thought he might have taken like the inventory with him but unsurprising of pops mo i think he just took the whole building with him where he's going next i'm not sure we'll probably find him somewhere along our journeys but Hopefully headed over towards Whitport. Maybe uh, get to spend some time out that way. But yeah, it'd be really cool if he landed over here. Maybe probably good lots of be... uh, people to sell stuff to. Yeah, that's good money to make out here. I feel like uh, him and Jargout would get along or be competitors. I'm not actually sure how that would work out. Yeah, dead tricks. Well, uh, I guess since we're here and points to the giant. Uh, church, temple. Shall yeah, we go a, in? It's a big giant temple that's kind of, you can see just the uh, kind of like blue translucent gleaming dome kind of poking over the top of this, uh, the hill with how close you are. And you mentioned that like it had, it looked like it was almost refurbished in some ways, right? Like it, yeah, it seems so like super with, old, but like the facades on, a, on parts of it were a lot newer. Yes. So that's one thing that you're noticing from even the archway that you're walking up on. Like there are clearly uh, parts of it that are much older than others. And there are these, these runic markings that are covering some of the older parts of it. Um, and roll me, uh, roll me a history or an arcana check. Oh, I'm good at those. I'm not good at those. 13 total. Hmm. What are yeah, we so... investigating? Sorry. Uh, just like, just essentially like the, he was asking questions about like the runic markings and like the, uh, the age of this structure, like whether or not like parts of it were newer or parts of it older. Okay. With the 13, um, you definitely get that. Like there are absolutely, uh, facades of like this blue marble that, or this white marble with these kind of like light blue veins, striations running through it that have kind of are a little bit with odds with the older, uh, stone work that was, uh, you know, it's kind of overlaid onto and you can see some of the other parts that are the older parts of this archway um, that have exposed like runic markings in them Um, and you get a a, like a familiarity something about it reminds you um, of like the the wall within the mines of tin town something like that was the last time you've seen something like that where there's just like a consistent covering of runes in this fashion okay Uh, I don't know if I'd necessarily speak anything to that and just kind of takes a step behind Cosmo and Rangrim says, uh, well, you guys have more understanding of this God stuff than I do. So I'm going to let you guys take the, take the helm. I'm afraid I might like burst into flames or something. If I walk in there, uh, speak for yourself. I'm not really sure what's going to happen to me. I mean, well, I don't, I'm not going to say it out loud, but I think some people might just be singing your praises. Yeah, you guys, you remember when uh, I tried to cut my hand off and like some freaky blood demon fired out of it? I don't think 
vaguely uh, remember that. Yeah. Any of these gods really like me that much, so I think Cosmo should go first. Well, I guess we all have reason to erupt spontaneously if we walk in. Then, uh, or combust, whatever words, and uh, I guess we go then. Well, you know, I don't want to slow you up too much. Let me get the door for you and Mage Hand, thirty feet in front of me, <laughs> open the door for Cosmo. Okay, yeah, there's there's not an actual door to open. Um, there's there's well, literally just weird like, temple. A, it's just an archway. You guys are far away from the actual temple. You guys still ah! have to walk up the pathway. Yeah, Shiver Lakes, my friends. Okay. I um, thought we were ta- walking and talking. No, yeah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. It's um, been a while since we've D&D. Yeah, it has. Uh, yeah, a week. Um, so, actually two weeks. Wow, wild. Um, yeah, so you all are heading through the archway, just heading up. So it's, it's a winding kind of crisscross, uh, like, or uh, switchback pathway that kind of goes to the top. Um, so yeah, uh, what's the marching order there, I guess? We're just walking, and I... Apparently, I'm leading the way. Okay. Um, yeah, so you all are making your way through. Uh, no one bursts into flames. It's not, uh, you know, it's not the <laughs> Ark of the Covenant, uh, Raise the Lost Ark scene uh, when you guys pass through this archway. Um, the only thing of note is that, Cosmo, your head is like, like you said, you were kind of considering that it might be like hangover or whatever the case may be. And if that is the case, um, your hangover is getting worse because your your head is just kind of like, it's just kind of like starting to throb and it's becoming a little bit more noticeable that you have this like this headache um, and kind of like in just like the front of your head um, to the point where like, but when you're about halfway up, it's getting pretty uncomfortable. Dang. Um, okay. So as it's kind of starting to get uncomfortable uh, a little bit more, do we pass any other archways or there is there are like a... These- there are these markers as you're going up um, that all have like um, different symbology on them. Um, they are mostly, but they again the symbology is like this. Uh, it's this seven-pointed star with then these um, at each point of the star. There's other like runic markings that uh, that mean different words, um, and I, you would recognize it. This is a pretty similar. You haven't been around the seven gods a lot, like as far as like their temples, at least in this campaign, but. Um, Cosmo being on the surface, you would have been familiar with this symbology as it's, you know, they are the seven accepted gods within Sakal and like the Empire. Um, so you would recognize this as like the, the seven pointed star and then the symbology pointing to the names of each of the seven. Okay. Um, I think if I would just see a marking, I would, uh, being a little closer, I would just be suspicious that there's something going on and, and cast uh, my detect good and evil on the mark. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, you get, uh, you don't, I mean, so I, I guess what is, de- so detect good, I guess, what is it's so you can dissense uh, the anything affected by a hollow spell. Oh. It's really the first uh, portion of it. The rest has to do with beasts and stuff like that. Okay, so you're not detecting good, then you're literally just detecting evil. It's good and evil, so I don't know what the good is. Then is a hollow um, spell only evil? I have no idea. Uh, I either way, it's it's null and void. Uh, you you get the you get the the sense of divine magic, not specifically from these these totems. Um, there's no like 
you just get this ambient sense because of the range of it of divine magic from up the up the you know up the yonder up the hill. Okay. Um, but uh, if someone else wants to do any other inspection on this thing, or if you want to do any other inspection, uh, go for it. But the uh, as far as yeah, that didn't do anything. Okay. Uh, for just for point of clarity, the hollow spell you touch a point and infuse any area around it with holy or unholy power. The area have radius sixty feet. Spell fails. The radius includes an area already under the effect of a hollow spell. Uh, first, Celestials, Elementals, Phase, Fiends, and Undead can't enter the area, nor can such creatures harm, frighten, or possess creatures within it. So it's a, a holy or unholy land, basically. Yes, so you guys have uh, just just a little bit of uh, clarification. You guys have encountered this spell before. Um, it was, uh, there was essentially the this simulacra of a hollow spell that was cast um, up by the, the, the Duskforge. The Duskforge. Um, I would be, Glenn would be looking out as like we're kind of going through the arches for more of the the shady group that was following us earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Glenn knowing that if he were to enter a town and look like someone that can get robbed, they will constantly be looking to rob them. So Glenn's going to be kind of looking out for any, you know, beggars that might not be beggars and any people of uh, yep. that group. Beggars, choosers, the whole, the whole gambit. Um, usually not no- the choosers, mainly just the beggars. The choosers usually stay out of your way. As you're, uh, I mean, you're getting, you're about halfway up this, uh, this mound right now. And this thing is like, I mean, it's, it's quite a hike up. It's a pretty steep climb. Um, you can assume that this was designed in this way to like make it kind of like a test for anyone that's going to be going up to this, uh, this temple, not making it super easy. Um, but I mean, you're, you're at this point, probably a good, like, I would say like, you know, fifth, like 50 feet up. Um, and like, are getting a beautiful view of like the town. Like it's, you know, you can see Westreach like kind of branching out in front of you uh you can see the harbor you can see all the activity of the boats coming and going you can see like the you know the activity of the entire city like it's at this point i believe it's probably like what midday something like that because you guys got kind of an early start to the day with cosmo getting you know waking up waking up with the with the sun um but yeah i I think it's a little bit difficult for you to like see anything in particular uh glenn just because of like being so far away from like the the town at this point like they're you know they're nothing but ants to you at this point Cool. So there's not anybody like on, there's not anybody like coming down the trail, passing nope. by us looking. Okay. So it, it is nope. like quite literally us just making this, this trek right now. Yep. Yep. And the little, okay. the little pylons that you're passing by are these kind of like waist high, uh, like cylindrical structures that um, are kind of like have a facade on them of this, like um, they have the arcane runes. Like there's like a stone pillar that is like those similar kind of like runes running around the entire thing. And then on the top of it, is there's like the facade of that marble that has the seven pointed star on top of it? Okay. It will, uh, guys. I don't know if uh, it's my hangover or it's this place, but or the hill, but I've got a really splitting headache and it is getting worse as I go. Well, um, it's probably just your headache. I wouldn't think anything of it. It's not any weird god stuff. So uh, you just keep on. We'll just keep on going there, right? What if, what if, like, what if me going in or going up to the places, like my head's just gonna pop? Like it's like I've just deserved it. I've squished so many heads. Mine's just gonna pop. That would be that'd be quite a way for Cosmo to go. <laughs> the ultimate head smash. Well, I mean, we've we've kind of made it this far. Do you want to stop now, or 
What do you want to do? I don't know. We'll we'll just keep going, and uh, if it gets real unbearable, or I don't know, if I turn on you or something, let's just go. Let's go. I'll just I'll just do one of these, and I like pretend to put my hand on his forehead so he can't like reach if he has to punch me. Hit you with the old. <laughs> I'll hit you with the old. Be tall. Perfect. All right. Okay. You be tall, and I'll be a dwarf. If you uh, if you feel like you're starting to get worse for the wear, let us know though. We can. Stop at any moment. All right. You got it. And then, I don't know. We're on our way. All right. Yeah, so you continue up this uh, this pathway, uh, getting, you know, more and more, uh, you know, it switches back a couple times. Um, and, you know, just maybe getting a little bit, uh, a little bit winded uh, towards the top of it. But you're just getting this beautiful, more and more of a beautiful view of, you know, the very lively city of Westreach. Um, and... Uh, within a pretty short period of time, uh, and you know, obviously, Cosmo, it's 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 kind of probably seems like quite a long walk for you because your head is like literally with each step seems like it's like pounding, like you can you can feel it more and more. Um, it, it's not like at the point where you're gonna like black out, but like it is just like like literally with each step you feel a throb in your head almost. It's it's unpleasant for sure. Um, but yeah, as you cross as you cross the top of this uh, this kind of like hill, this mound. Um, about a hundred feet up now at this point on top of this like giant like stone outcropping that this temple is nestled on top of uh, you see a very beautiful site it is this temple complex that is a uh, multitude of probably like i don't know 10 to 15 buildings with one building in particular in the center being kind of like this like massive basilica this like center uh like showcase of architecture um and it's this beautiful like t-shaped uh like monstrous temple that's going up and the entire outside of it is is facaded with this that same kind of like white marble with this kind of like these like lapis blue striations that are running through it just like absolutely beautiful giving it that like feel of like kind of an ocean ocean feel uh running through this marble um, there is gold trim uh, pretty much you know, all around it, like gold accents all around everywhere. Um, and then kind of atop this uh, beautiful basilica is this monstrous glass dome that is this like almost like sea blue glass that is just like reflecting, uh, you know, kind of like you can actually see it, the ground in front of you. You can see kind of like rippling of um, what seems like almost like water reflection um, that seems to be kind of like emanating from this dome itself. And it almost, it like is kind of has this illusion of like rippling water. Uh, very beautiful. And like I said, there's probably like 10 to 15 other smaller buildings that are just kind of in the area, smaller, like think of it kind of like um, a Greek temple compound where there would be like one large central one. And then there would be like smaller uh, smaller temples that still seem to be for some sort of worship or, or something of the sort that are all kind of around, uh, just kind of scattered around the space. Uh, very kind of like uh, like pantheology uh, setup. Like there, this was clearly a, a place for a worship of a lot of different gods um, at one point in time. Uh, each of them have different stylings. Uh, they're you know, they aren't all, uh, you know, styled in the exact same way as this, like, main basilica. Uh, they're made of different types of stone, uh, and they're, you know, just completely uh, different architectural makes, even. Um, so, just to clarify, because I was out for a mm -hmm. second, the, the main basilica, does it look like that's designated to all seven, and then each one has an individual, or does it look like the basilica is towards an individual god and the other there's six other ones around it so, so on the um 
yeah, so I'm not even gonna make you roll a perception check. Uh, you can see that there is a large circular glass uh, window that is like directly above the the, the front door to this uh, to this temple, mm-hmm. uh, and you can see that that has that seven pointed star seven. with okay. with the uh, with the different uh, names. In the okay, rooms. and then can I see? It, is it possible to make out that like each of those each of the individual locations are a designation to each of the individual gods? Is that is there yeah, like a, me, a marker uh, for each? Yeah, yeah. Roll me, uh, roll me a perception check on that. What's a what's a god? Uh, Eleven. Okay. Um, one thing you notice about the the other smaller kind of buildings is they don't seem to be as well maintained. Uh, they also don't seem to be open. Like you, like the front the front doors like of the basilica, like they do seem to be like uh, they are closed currently, but they. There seems to be a, like a very clear pathway. The other smaller like outlier buildings, they seem to be like it's a little bit more overgrown. The pathways don't seem to be as well maintained, and the other buildings themselves just seem to be a little bit more disrepair. Uh, whereas like this one building is like this gleaming kind of like temple to the seven that is like obviously like very well manicured. Uh, and I guess like a itty bitty. Um retcon as we were getting to like the top of the switchbacks uh glenn would have switched his mask of many faces and turned into like you know the farmer joe number four like super generic maybe the farmer that we saw yelling at us after we like crushed his all his corn like just like look like someone that i've maybe seen in town very generic like brown hair average you know height strangely it's exactly the farmer from babe perfect that'll do pig that'll do <laughs> nice. he's just, tall it's, enough. it's crazy it's exactly it's 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 like you know down to the hair follicle perfect awesome awesome perfect um yeah and that and glenn's demeanor would ultimately shift where he was a little bit more on guard um once he gets this like more hollowed ground glenn's gonna kind of become um more of someone who would be looking for sanctuary someone who would be like interested in like paying reverence to the area cool awesome yeah um so there aren't you like basically uh there is a, is a pretty like direct pathway in front of you it's just like a kind of a, a dirt a well manicured dirt pathway that's uh meandering uh in front of you but it like it's you know not very far from where you are to the front of this uh this temple um where there's like a, a slight kind of like pooling staircase that comes out uh that's you know gleaming with marble and gold uh and then kind of like two pretty large doors uh up on top of those stairs um so how are you all uh kind of like going about this uh recognizing that Glenn turned into farmer number four. Mm-hmm. Just, wow, you really is a shame to uh, be here. You don't want to even be seen as yourself, huh? Yeah, you never know where uh, prying eyes might live. I guess. Uh, you think there's a visitor center? Or we just go in the main door? And Cosmo, like, looks around and taking in all of the things. Glenn's going to look for a sign that says visitor center to see if there's, like... Very obvious. Oh man! Oh, Besides God. the giant laid-out path in front of us, Clint's gonna turn around and look for a sign. Um, as much as I would love to yes and that and make there be a visitor center, I I'm not. It was mostly next. just we've already done some random yeah. NPC stuff. I know. In this town, I know. I 
I'm as good. My as, next as, question as, was going to be, is there going to be a gift shop at the end of this? That's what I was hoping. <laughs> no, that's once you go into the temple, the only way you can come out is come to out the gift, gift shop. shop. Absolutely. Um, yeah, for that sure. That is the 100% spot I would expect that's, a gift shop to be. That's how they get you every time. <laughs> get man. a little like plush seven. Yeah. No. Yeah. One of the symbols. Who knows? Maybe there's a gift shop inside there. But yeah, there. As much as I would love the yes and uh, there being a like some sort of of uh, like travel. No, I'm not trying to. Place. I'm not I, trying uh, to force I, that. I, I want to make sure we get through some some quality content today. Yeah. So, uh, Glenn, you know, very sarcastically looks around. I, I think it's the one road we're on. I think that's uh the route we're gonna have to take. All right. Well, I guess there's no better day like the present, eh? Let's go. And uh, we walk up to the big door then. Okay. Uh, yeah. Who's, uh, how are you approaching this? Who's going in first? Um, knocking? You're I, just pushing it open? I, it's me going first. I okay. will. Is it a push? Is it a pull? Maybe I push and then pull. Uh, yeah, no, you, when you get up to the front of the door, you notice that it's like, it's, it's, it's not like sealed shut. It like, you can see that there's like, it's like slightly kind of like slightly open as if it's like, you know, in, in a welcoming fashion, not like a Dracula's castle kind of way. But, well, right this way, boys. Cosmo pulls the door open. Okay. Uh, you pull the door open and realize it's a push. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I said, right this way, boys. And he pushes. Okay. Um, Cosmo, your head had been uh, pretty painful, uh, and as you kind of walked up these stairs, uh, you know, getting to pound uh, from each kind of as your footfall hits the stair, uh, you know, so does that kind of pound and ring in your ears, um, and it kind of you're you're kind of like you're strong, you're you know, and you you can you can kind of like will away pain like to the point of like you're you're kind of pretending you're not in pain when you're walking like walking up these things and like you you know say like let's you know this way boys and you push the door open uh and cosmo or uh glenn and rangrim you watch cosmo push this door open take one step inside the door and just go basically his eyes just kind of like roll in the back of his head and he falls face first uh into the ground cosmo you like this pounding of your your head and like the, the the footsteps up the stairs, they kind of like transform in your mind and like you your head starts swimming. And the second that you walk through that that doorway, um, you are just transported. You are gone. That pounding turns into like like it kind of like you your everything kind of turns and swirls in this gray mist for for like a second, and then things start taking shape again. But the one thing that's consistent is that pounding and that pounding transforms in your head into what sounds like drums and you find yourself on a battlefield a battlefield that is strangely familiar to you but also completely alien it is the ground below you is not solid it is like this gray and black swirling mist the sky above you is not any sky you've ever seen if it is it's literally it's clearer than any like clear night you've ever seen in Sakal or in your entire dwarven life um the like cosmos are 
extended above you. You can actually see as you look up, you can see like the planes of like discs of the planes of the prime material plane and all these other things that you may not even know what the hell they are. There's these like discs, multicolored discs, like kind of strewn throughout the sky around you. And then just like bajillion stars in this black sky. And then you take notice of the fact that you are on a battlefield and there are creatures all around you, some of which you know to be your friends. Uh, they are, there are dwarves all around you that are like engrossed in battle with these monstrous creatures that are of every single shape and size. They are made of this like black smoke, black gray swirling smoke, but also at the same time, there are ones that have like arms coming out of them and like but not in the right way like literally where heads should be arms are coming out like they are these like mutant monstrous creatures that are half made up of this black swirling smoke and half made up of like actual tangible flesh of a multitude of colors these kind of like half realized creatures are fully engrossed in combat with your, with this dwarven army that you stand amongst but the thing is you're not afraid you're not scared about these these things and like even as your dwarven army like is forging this like wedge formation and diving deep into this uh this like monstrosity army you can see that around you your allies are fighting as well you can see a like monstrous dragonborn that is like just wielding like this massive sword uh and you can see that there is like this like this other like form in the distance that is a like brilliant white light with like that is made out of these like what looks like pieces of floating like metallic metal. Um, these are allies that you know and these armies that are around you that are that are helping you battle these these monstrous creatures are all familiar to you. And you are not afraid as you wield you pick up this what is like the biggest fucking warhammer and shield and you are just swinging down on these creatures and like just crushing them beneath you realizing that you are larger than any of the dwarves around you like you are not of their same size you are like of a, of a much larger size and the, but the thing is like though you're not afraid of this army that you're battling you know that even if you win like there's no winning this battle like that is not the goal here you need for them to succeed in the task that they're trying to accomplish. And as long as they do, you will win the day. But at the same time, you're scared for what happens when that actually happens. When their task is accomplished, you know that it it's not gonna mean well for you. And then shortly after, as you're, you're kind of like still engrossed in this battle, just like lost in the bloodlust of just like fighting alongside your, your dwarven companions and destroying these creatures just one after another. You feel it happen. And even as you watch the creatures, these monstrous uh, forms in front of you start to fall apart and dissolve, the smoke falling away and the literal limbs coming apart and falling onto the ground and dissolving into ash, you, you begin to become... You're, you begin to be afraid and scared for what is about to happen, but at the same time, you are accepting that it needs to. And even as these monsters are dissolving, your army turning to uh, basically like, of you know, to celebrate this victory, you see their faces turn in horror um, as they look on you, as you feel yourself falling sideways to the ground, dropping your weapons uh, and like literally hitting the ground. And you now have a sideways view of this like 
these dwarves that you fought alongside for so long and that have been so like valuable to you um, during this campaign, you see them like just looking on you with sadness as uh, you're kind of like, basically you look at your hand and it is starting to disappear. And the only thing you're thinking in your mind as this happens is, there's only two beings that could help you now. And, you know, dear Ao, you hope that they're going to get to you in time. And Cosmo, as that kind of like, as you kind of like start to lose consciousness in this memory, you wake up uh, face first on the ground in a puddle of your own drool that is kind of drool and probably a little bit of blood that is kind of like spooling out from you um, on this like beautiful uh, marble floor. Um, and yeah, uh, Rangram and Glenn, uh, Cosmo has probably been out for not very long. Um, but I mean, if I don't, I don't know what you would have done in the meantime, probably, he probably was out for like a 30, like 30 seconds to a minute. Do we get uh, somebody like, do we need help? I mean, this is well out of my normal healing repertoire. I don't know what, I don't know what you do when someone falls over like this in a temple. I don't know what the decorum is. I mean, two thoughts come to my mind we should probably one help them up but two i didn't see a wet floor sign this seems like a good opportunity for a lawsuit if anything we can make some some quick uh temple of the seven money just thinking out loud <laughs> how about we help him up first and like i imagine as he's starting to come to mm-hmm. rango and i are helping him up mm-hmm. uh you you okay there bud took a took a good one on the, the kisser right there what happened? Uh, well, we walked into the temple. Um, you was grabbing your head, uh, and then you fell and started drooling all over the floor like some kind of um. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the right word is. I don't know how you people pray up here. So, for all I know, that's normal. Oh uh, well, I've never been to a building like this, and uh, I don't know, I don't know, uh. That was weird. I'll tell you guys about it maybe later. But uh, does my head still hurt? No. It, well, it does. It does and it doesn't. It, it does because you smacked your head on the ground. It doesn't in the same way that it did before. The the drums like that, like the pounding has gone. Um, you're now it just is normal. Smacked your head on the ground pain. Well, whatever that vision was, uh, other than this now massive lump I have on me noggin, uh, looks like a little bit of blood. Uh, my head feels a lot better. Maybe it was just a, a bout of exhaustion. We've kind of been fighting nonstop for the last few weeks, and the hangover from earlier this morning. Maybe you just uh, that hike hike took it out of you. Why don't we? I don't know. Maybe take a seat. You wanted to you wanted to visit this spot for a reason, right? Right. Well, I mean. For one reason, I don't think it was quite the dehydration or the hangover. But uh, yes, let's let's uh, have a sit. So um, let me describe the, the room to you a little bit, what you see. Um, so pretty traditional um, as far as the, the design of this on the inside. Uh, basically, you're looking down a pretty long, narrow, like uh, one long rectangular, uh, 
rectilinear room uh, that, you know, extends out in front of you. Um, and, you know, kind of there is a like blue, like what seems like a blue velvet uh, kind of like rug that is running uh, from the doorway all the way up to the front. Um, there are pews uh, kind of lining the side. And then in the front, there is like a raised dais, this like half half moon crescent dais. And in front um, of that dais, like there is, or behind that dais actually, and actually on top of it, uh, there are seven statues that stand about eight feet tall each. Um, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise that a little bit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say they're probably between eight and ten feet tall, um, kind of arranged in a semicircle, kind of facing away, like not facing away from you, but a semicircle, kind of uh, you know surrounding this dais um, and uh, as you're kind of looking uh, looking towards them and, and seeing these like monstrous statues made out of this white marble uh, you see that there is a small gnome that is rushing over to you uh, that is wearing these like kind of like blue robes that kind of match the carpeting with like gold on it uh, and he's like oh my god oh no oh is everything okay yeah I've, I think I slipped coming in the front door Hit my yeah, head you, pretty bad. Did you hear that? You, get... you slipped. Yeah, just out of nowhere. I mean, this is a real, real hazard. This is dangerous. You just... I mean, is this floor always this wet? I mean, people could get hurt in a place like this. We've been meaning to get a wet floor sign for some time, but I just, it's really hard to, to walk them up here. It's just quite a hike. I'm so sorry. Is everything okay? Yeah, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Are you kidding me? He's not okay. Look at his face. It, Glenn, it's oh, it, it is quite it is quite atrocious. Is, is that all from the fall? Now you're insulting my client. I I don't even know what to do, Cosmo. I think we might need a we might need to press charges. Maybe get some of the the guards up here. This I, is just. I think I'll be just fine. And uh, Cosmo casts uh, lay on hands on his own head and heals the wound. Touches himself. Yes. Face palm. <laughs> oh well, I, I was going to offer those those services myself. It seems that you uh you also uh obtain divine magic. Are may I ask, are you a, a follower of the seven? Uh, I think so. I'm really not sure. Uh, I was kind of born with this gift. I, I think. Well, I, I mean, I, I would be happy to, if you haven't been formally taught of the, the ways of the seven, I would be more than happy to uh, answer any questions you may have or teach you more about them. Well, I mean, I think uh, growing up, my father didn't talk much of the seven, but uh, I think at least the... Uh, the distilled version might be ideal. I not No offense, I don't really have the longest day i have a commitment down the hill yeah um so just just to describe this this gnome a little bit more um they have like so they're they're wearing these like these these blue robes that kind of go down um you can tell that they're probably uh they're probably a little bit big on them uh this is a definitely a younger gnome and they have like very curly kind of like red hair that's like in a in kind of like a little bit of a, a poof uh, on their head um, and then lots of freckles um, and 
I would be, I would be so happy to, I just, I, I, this is like one of my favorite things is being able to talk to people about the seven when they come up here. And I, I'm so glad to hear that you're curious. Um, by the way, uh, my name's Rector Nerdin. Uh, Rector is my title and uh, Nerdin is my name. You can, you can call me Nerdin or, or Rector, whatever you're comfortable with. Right. Well, uh, Rector, I'm Cosmo and he's gives him a handshake. He gives you a, a two handed handshake. He's very excited. It's a very sweaty handshake. Don't be nervous. It's all right. I'd be nervous. Yeah, you, might, you probably should be nervous. I'm Rangrim. What's up, nerd? <laughs> I haven't been called that since high school. Uh, nice to meet you. They, they let you in to... Never mind. Glenn does not introduce himself. I was going to okay. make a short joke, but... Uh... I, I think Nerdin um, kind of like look, puts his hand out to you uh, or like to wave and then kind of sees that you don't and then just kind of like, oh, okay, um, well, well, follow me. I, I'll, I'll be more than happy to, to show you around. So he, he kind of like, like kind of starts waving you all and, and kind of like starts trotting uh, along the blue uh, rug towards the, uh, the large statues with the figures in the front of the room. Well, Cosmo gets up feeling achy and tired and slowly follows him. Just kind of, uh, I don't know, I guess he just looks around and just soaking it all in. Yeah, so um, one of the, the main features that you see in this room is like the floor itself, like it's it's mostly that white marble, but it has like obviously having this this runner rug going up the middle of it, like, much like a, a blue carpet as opposed to a red carpet. Uh, but the the dome, like as you get into kind of the center of the room around where that that's half, you know, the half moon dais is, uh, directly above you, you can see is that monstrous dome uh, made out of like that blue glass and the whole like the entire ground around you is like it, it looks like it's like water reflection. It's like the shimmering blue um, kind of reflecting all around you kind of throwing this kind of uh, odd kind of like blue aura on everything underneath it, including the statues. So Actually, sorry, I'll, I'll go into that in a second. Um, one thing, as you start getting closer to the statues, you're noticing that they're these 10-foot-tall statues. Um, at the feet of them, there are these... They're almost these, like, like these cylindrical pedestals uh, that come up probably a good, like, three to four feet. Um, they're probably a good two feet in diameter, uh, and then they are flat on top. But there seems to be things sitting on top of these, like flat uh like cylinders uh like they are you you're kind of you're not close enough to see exactly what all of them are but there just seems to be like little items that are kind of setting on these uh these little diases in front of the uh in front of the statue's feet um so uh Nerdin chimes in so uh i i don't know how much you know about the seven if anything at all but um i as you can see here, uh, he kind of points the, the, the one on the farthest left in it and starts kind of going around uh, towards the right. Um, this uh, this dwarven figure here is the statue of the Oath Keeper. Uh, next to uh, next to him is the the another the other dwarf, uh, his his very good friend, the Battle Rager. Next to them is their elven companion, the Eternal. Then the this. Uh, this fine specimen of an of an Aarakocra here is the trickster. Next to them, you will see this dragonborn figure of the protector. The halfling here is the guide, and next to them, the and you see this like figure that is like it is like it is a human, and they are 
like they look like they're kind of like laughing kind of maniacally um and they have like um you can see like these what almost looks like kind of spider legs kind of poking out from their sides like just a little bit and of course this is <laughs> the lawless but yeah so these figures uh the oath keeper is a a dwarf that is like you know like very like uh I guess austere and like very uh, proud looking dwarf wearing this like very large metal armor, um, obviously all rendered in stone form with these like large like lion pauldrons uh, wielding a war hammer and a shield that has this like very reflective mirrored finish on it. Um, The battle rager is... What's, sorry, as you go on, can you also describe what's in the, in the like offering plates in front of them? Yes, of course. Uh, So in front of the oath keeper, um, uh, I'll just I'll just give it to you because I assume you'll walk up and see it if not. Yeah. Um, in front of the Oathkeeper, what looks like it looks like there is a small uh, cutting of what looks like almost like a, a piece of braided hair. Uh, you don't know whether it's like beard or actually hair itself, but there's like a, it's like a lock of hair that has like a bunch of uh, beads in it. Um, next to them, uh, next to the Oathkeeper, there is the Battle Rager, which is this monstrous-looking warforge. One thing strikes you immediately. That armor looks strikingly familiar to Melvin's arm in a way that is like, wow, I've never seen anything like that before. And now all of a sudden I've seen this thing twice. Twice, yeah, in um, a short amount of time. It's very wild. So it is this monstrous, like, um, like Warforge that is like as wide as it is tall um, with this kind of just like literally like Moradin symbology on it. The the thing that is odd though is that the actual runic, anything that would say Moradin um, is completely gone from this this depiction of this statue. Um, There it like has the face of Moradin on it and on the pauldrons, but it doesn't like, it doesn't have like any kind of like actual Moradin runage on it. It's like been removed, which you did see that on Melvin. Um, next to them, the Eternal is this very tall, slender, and like uh, graceful-looking elf who's wielding this like uh, this very large longbow uh, and like completely shrouded in this kind of like. Well, they have their hood back, but and they're kind of up in this like this posture where they're going to shoot an arrow. Um, but they, uh, yeah, they, they have like a, a cloak around them and kind of long, flowing hair. Um, Oh, sorry. Uh, in front of the battle, battle rager is a uh, what looks like a hunk of uh, mithril and gold. Um, it's probably like the size of a baseball. Um, the in front of the eternal is a what looks like half a broken arrow. Um, the trickster is a kind of like scrawny looking, a little bit like thinner, leaner uh, aracopra, um, and they are uh, wielding a. A rapier that they're kind of holding out in front of them, um, as well as uh, a dagger, and they have this like kind of like they're in the the garb of um, like what you would recognize like a, a more of a roguish a character to be wearing, like kind of like tight leather armor. Um, and in front of them, uh, there is just a singular black feather. Uh, the protector, which is this probably the most muscle-bound dragonborn you've ever seen uh, wielding this monstrous great axe uh, that is like, it's halfway to being like a halberd with a single-sided blade on one side. Uh, just a monstrous, monstrous axe. Um, and in front of them is a what looks like a few black scales. 
in front of the uh, the halfling figure, the guide. Um, it is a, a, a smaller figure, obviously still rendered in larger scale, but to scale with the rest of them. It's not like he's also 10 feet tall, uh, probably about like a half, like, you know, five, five or so feet. Um, they are, they are, their face is completely, uh, almost completely cowled. Um, they're wielding two rapiers uh, and the, there is a sash drawn across their eyes um, as if to completely cover them. Uh, in front of them, there is what, just a piece of what looks like black, uh, black, or uh, sorry, green fabric. Uh, the lawless, the figure that is kind of like laughing maniacally with these strange spider legs coming out of her side, um, they are, uh, you can see that there are like these kind of hand wraps uh, that are kind of depicted in the, the statue itself. Um, and they're wearing this kind of like loose, uh, almost monkish kind of uh, kind of garb uh and then you can just see that they're like live and a very strong figure uh even though they're like laughing maniacally with their hair pulled back um and in front of them on their dais is a few bloody hand wraps so um that is what you're seeing um and i think that that's what uh, uh nerdin is describing to you do any of you have questions or would you like him to continue his uh his spiel that was a lot uh, Nerdin, out of curiosity, since it seems to be such like a like a danger here, how how often do you have visitors? I mean, there are a lot of injuries that happen up here. Or maybe do you have guests that come through here pretty frequently? Oh yeah, of course we we have uh, we have continuous visitors throughout the day. There's no services running today, but um, throughout the throughout the weeks and the months, we we have uh, different services that uh, people will come up here and uh, give their praise to the seven and. Some travelers, as such as yourself, everyone's always welcome to to visit and uh, sing their sing their praise to the the seven who saved us from uh, from oblivion. And you mentioned there's like pews, like down. Yes, uh, probably could fit hundreds of people. It's very large. Uh, Glenn, in his old farmer number four outfit, is going to take a seat on like the front pew. Uh, kind of how how far is the pew from the statues? Um, I would say the the front one's probably like ten to twenty feet. Uh, ten, okay. maybe t- maybe fifteen feet. There we go. Okay, so Glenn's going to sit in the second row of the pews and mm-hmm. uh, kind of just motion to the guys like, uh, you know, old tired legs. I th- that hike really took it out of me. Why don't you guys continue? I'll just catch my breath and catch up with you guys after the tour. Oh, all right, but well, it's. That's fine. I'll, uh, it's, yes. Glenn's going to take a seat and let the guys continue their tour. Okay. Again, I I don't know how much you know about the seven, but the, the main, the main praise that we, we give them is that they, they saved us from being essentially wiped from existence by the malicious God, Ao, uh, the former over God, the overlord of all of creation. Uh, with their intention to essentially wipe the uh, wipe us off the map for whatever reason it may have been, uh, without the seven, we we wouldn't we would have ceased to exist. They 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 sacrificed their bodies and to take on a celestial form for us. But I mean, so like they did all that. Now they're gods. 
I think it's like a pretty fair trade. That doesn't really seem like a big act of selflessness. Like, oh no, I'm going to save the world and I'm a god. No, I, I, I can, I can see where you're at there. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't just as easy of a choice as that. They, they, they left their corporeal forms behind and essentially died when they, when they rose to uh, their celestial forms, and they have taken up duty of restructuring and trying to, you know, take on these roles, fill the the pantheon that was that was left to them, and. You know, I, they are, they're doing, uh, you know, they're, they're filling a role. They, they could have left it and, and not filled those roles. They could have just gone off and done anything. And, uh, you know, the fact that they're serving us in this way is, uh, is really what we're thankful for. And uh, who do you, who do you serve? I, I serve them all. I, I couldn't pick a favorite. I mean, the lawless kind of scares me a little bit, but uh, I, she's uh, even even her. She's uh, she has you know it, you you have to have the creation and or uh, chaos and destruction to uh, you know to create new. And uh, I mean, I I obviously it's the first time I've really encountered such a disciple of the seven. Uh, what happened to the others? If Ao was the one that was corrupt, why? Where did the others go? That's that's the sad part, and I it's it's not that's it's kind of a unwitting side effect. As far as we as far as we can tell, when when Ao uh, ceased to exist, and so did his creations, and unfortunately the the gods before were the creation of Ao, and without him, they could no longer exist. Oh. Do we just know that because their followers stopped being imbued with power, or...? That's, that's as far as we know. I mean, it's, it's not like we have a one-on-one connection with... Uh, just we just know from stories of those who had been there and um there it's not like there was a lot that were you know a lot of mortals that witnessed the uh you know the 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 sundering as it happened right so the absence of power becomes the absence of existence it's i would have as far as we could tell i I, i'm not a study i i i i have studied the event but i i don't have as much in-depth knowledge of as some of my uh, older uh, members of the church would, but I've mostly come up uh, post sundering. I it actually it actually happened before I was born, but as far as we can tell, if they're if they were still there, there would be some sign. There'd be something like there would be. It, we've been told that. When Ao was destroyed, the his creations, their creations were just gone, and there hasn't been any real uh, any proof to the contrary, as far as I know. What uh, what would you? I mean, I just obviously it's a lot to take in. I I grew up. Uh, in Golden Grim before coming here. And uh, 
my life was filled with Mordin as a young dwarf. But uh, I say, what what would have happened if they were to show up? Signs of them show up. I mean, I can imagine that it would be, uh, it would cause a bit of a discrepancy. Uh, but I mean, if, if they, if they were to still exist, I mean, I can't imagine it would. I, I just don't know. I, and there, I, I mean, I don't think it. I don't know. It could, it could cause conflict. It could. It could be a celebration. It could be all, any number of things. I, I don't know it. It would definitely complicate things at the very least. Yeah. Uh, certainly these seven people, beings, human, whatever, they they gave their life to save existence. And that's certainly to be celebrated. They were true heroes. But uh, to, for them to take place amongst the existence of all other beings why did it feel like they had to replace them I mean in a way that would make it because it is illegal of some kind to believe in Morden is it yes it, uh, it is uh, I, I that is something uh, I this we're bordering on territory of uh, talking uh, about things that should are really frowned upon here in the empire. Uh, so I, I don't want to go too much further, but I choose to see it as they chose to fill the role that they had vacated, that they had, they, they rose to the occasion that they needed to. There are those, especially those rebels in the North that see it as them having done it for selfish reasons, done it to gain power and done it to destroyed Ao and in and knowingly destroying the rest of the gods as well to gain that power for themselves and mm. i just I, I just can't believe that they would do that i i don't i don't I, that's that's really not the I know. Like, that seems like a really good motive oh i mean i can't imagine that somebody would have known that that was gonna work like that i mean you see a bad guy you squish his head i mean i understand that you understand that. Well, well, yeah, absolutely. But, like, if I had a little bit of an idea, that like, hey, go kill that guy, and I could be a god, um, maybe I would do it. I mean, it's kind of weird. Like, it's hard to believe that they knew killing one would kill them all, that they're connected. Like, making it seem like if... Oh, I don't know. I... I if I know, you don't mind, I, this is this is getting into a little bit of sacrilege, sacrilege territory. I, I would really... Sure, we can... We can we, let's tone it back just a tad. I, 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 uh, I apologize. I, I think as a newcomer to this realm of the Seven, I think I sometimes have questions and... Uh, I seek understanding. So if there is somebody better to ask in a safe place, I guess, I don't want to put you at risk of any harm or uh, penalty, if it were. I just, uh, I, I just wonder 
I believe that Seven did sacrifice much. I wonder if there could be coexistence, if it was to ever happen. If if that were to happen, we would we would certainly find out. There are those that do miss the their gods from before and have long memories. Agreed. And I don't think most of them think that the Seven sought to steal their powers. But uh, I don't know. Anyhow, uh, is there much more to the tour? Is there a gift shop? Yeah, quick question. Has this whole conversation been happening in front of the Seven statue still? Pretty much, yeah, up on the dais. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we do have... Um, that's it's so funny that you, you bring that up. We, we do actually have a, a pretty... Uh, a pretty well-stocked gift shop. If you uh, over in one of the uh, the annexes off to the side, I'd be happy to to show you over there. You do have to exit out that way, of course. <laughs> Naturally, as it were, wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, I noticed coming in that this was the one building. Are the other buildings full of tour as well, or he? You kind of see his, uh, his face, kind of like uh, not drop, but he kind of looks like. He's deciding what to tell you. Um, roll a persuasion check. 19. Hmm. I expected nothing less from you. Yeah. Charismatic, charismatic, charismatic young charming man you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, he kind of like looks at you and kind of like his eyes, like kind of, he looks uncomfortable. Uh, but he responds, the, this temple wasn't always uh, originally from what I was told. It, a temple to the seven from its inception, uh, originally being a much more uh, uh, pan, you know, a, a temple to a multitude of gods. Um, some of the the gods of the the ocean and, and the sea, and and some of the the previous uh, pantheon. Uh, each of those smaller temples were uh, devoted to different uh, now non-existent gods, and have since been. Uh, sealed up. We we do have plans to repurpose them at some point, but uh, for the time being, they are uh, simply non-used. Well, I appreciate that. I know that uh, there were many other answers you could have given me there. I appreciate it. I, as somebody simply just seeking understanding, it means greatly that you did. Uh, and uh, the big golem thing that's standing over the ocean. Is that connected or what? Is that an old thing? What is that? Oh, the Guardian? Oh, sure. It has a name. Yeah, the, the Guardian, uh, the, the, the giant, uh, the, the iron golem that stands in the middle of town. Uh, it's a, the, it's yeah, a golem? It's alive? Yes, of course. The, uh, the, go the Guardian is, uh, has protected Westreach for, uh, time un untold it's it's been there for well i i've i've haven't even been here as long as this uh as the seven have been the gods but um it's been here much longer than that from what i'm told and it has watched over westreach in the harbor as wow. our protector but that's uh nifty from from what i know from what i've been told is it's uh it's only under the control of uh, those who are in power in Westreach, and uh, currently uh, the Silverstream family has that ability. That's that's uh, pretty cool, really cool. Well, uh, we appreciate your time. I mean, if if you're welcome to show us the rest of the space or uh, 
we'll just find our way to the gift shop, I guess. I don't, unless there's much more to the tour. Um, yeah, so I, I think that, uh, I mean, you've seen most of the space at this point. There are like, that's what it felt uh, like. you can see that there are, from the shape of the building, there are likely more rooms, but this is like the common space that you would be allowed into. Um, you can see that to your right hand side past the, the, the statue of the lawless, you can see that there is like another smaller archway door um, that is open. And you can see that there is a very distinguished uh, gift shop inside there with a bunch of like, uh, you know, you know, just some, uh, some shelves Coins, and magnets. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Small Things statues. Like, exactly. Little plushes of the seven. Are they like plushes the, like, of the their diocese? That just like evolve the Oh, uh, hey there, friend. Uh, one more question. Sorry. Uh, of course. Obviously, this is one of the many churches of the seven. Uh, what is the. Is there, we were reckoned we would might likely end up at uh, Gold Break. And, uh, oh, yes. There's the, the largest and, and the most uh, adorned temple to the seven is in Gold Break. It's a beautiful, uh, if you have any opportunity to see it, I, I absolutely would recommend it. That's where I, I studied. I'm actually from Gold Break myself, and I, I, uh, I traveled here uh, to take on the, uh, the watch of this this temple uh there's also a wonderful temple in uh amber falls that i'm told uh, it's a little bit smaller and then uh i believe that there is even a uh kind of an offshoot one that is in a, a smaller town to the the south even more than amber falls uh, uh drifton i believe oh in drifton as well interesting where where would uh where would one likely find uh Maybe somebody who could help me answer my questions in a in a safe manner, as as it were. Yes, or is that really just better not asked? I, to be quite honest, I, I um, am already kind of on the point of legally, I should be reporting this and telling someone about this conversation. Oh no uh, no no! We, there's not. We don't need to do anything with, with legality here. Um, I mean, I slipped and I fell. I hit my head. Well, tick for tat, right? There, there is that. Maybe you feel a little bit more comfortable talking about this in the gift shop. Come on, nerd. And I'm just going to kind of take him in tow while I pull a cigarette out from my beard. Light it uh, with my rituals as I'm just pushing him towards the gift shop. Onto the gift shop as any good adventure uh, eventually <laughs> ends up. Are you all heading over there? Or is anyone lagging behind? Uh... After I'm still that, sitting in the pews. Cosmo, okay. I, Cosmo will follow along shortly behind, but I don't know that he realized exactly how Phallus uh, he was speaking. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, Rangram, Cosmo, uh, you all kind of head over to the gift shop uh, where you can start perusing wares. Think of anything gift shop related that you would be interested in potentially picking up if you're interested in it. But uh, essentially you walk in this room uh, that is just like, it's adorned in that like uh, the, the blue and white marble. Um, and there are these like shelves kind of rising up from the floor in these kind of like cylindrical manners. Uh, they seem to like, if you went to push on them, they probably would turn, uh, you know, and, like having little things hung up and, and, uh, and like sitting on the shelves around them. Uh, there is a small desk kind of like made out of the white marble that you can see a, a very old uh, lady sitting behind uh, who has like very like 
giant glasses that her eyes are very expanded and she seems to be reading uh, some sort of book and then kind of like quickly puts it away underneath the, the desk as you all walk in and stands to attention. Uh, and it's kind of like, especially as she sees Nerdin being pushed in by Rangrim. It's erotic fan fiction, 100%. Oh, no, 100%. That, that yes. book is for sure like yeah. God on God action. So yeah, it's the, uh, oh my God, <laughs> the, the lusty dragonborn. Yeah. It's, it's how shredded <laughs> and swole he is. <laughs> just one, it, it, of course, like it just has one dragonborn <laughs> on the cover. At least it's one. The, it's, it's the circle jerk of seven. Oh no, <laughs> no. Oh. I quit, I quit. And oh. it. And it. Yeah, Ra- <laughs> Radar wrote it. <laughs> um. Okay, so before you uh, think about what you all want to do in the in the gift shop, uh, Glenn, what are you doing back there? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. So during their whole discussion about whether or not uh, Cosmos insulting the new gods, um, Glenn from behind the first pew, like underneath eye line, um, would have begun. He would have pulled out like a small piece of timber from his um, Kindle, like his kindling set and he would have started whittling what would look like a small black feather okay uh roll me a sleight of hand check right uh 21 okay uh i think that that alongside your kind of like nibbleness and dexterity with your hands i think that you're able to uh make something that is Close enough. Have to be I mean, perfect. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's it's if it looks like a wood carving up close, that's fine. But mm-hmm. um, effectively, would have been trying to make it as featherly shaped as possible. What are you going to uh, do about the color? Um, great question. So for the color, I was thinking I could effectively take some of because for whatever reason, I have writing implements and using the charcoal. I think comes okay. in a writing or the ink. I don't know what. Fantasy yeah. writing implements. Is that ink or is that charcoal? <laughs> I, I think that, um, I, I think you could e- do either or. So it's kind of whatever your preference is there. Okay. I will use charcoal because probably quicker. And I'll just basically just try to etch and cover this entire thing, make it as dark as possible, um, as close to the small black feather that is sitting okay. in the diocese of the trickster. Okay. Um, yeah. I think that you are able to make a. Uh, relatively similar feather uh, out of wood, at least from a distance, you wouldn't be able to tell. Oh, yeah. Um, chat just gave me the obvious answer. The quill that comes with my writing implementation, I'm just going to turn that black. <laughs> Thank you, uh, our, our gods, Jukor. Um, and I think you whittle the, I think you whittle the feather and then you do it, you, you get it all the way ready. And then you're like, oh crap. When you, you're going in Son to like get the bitch. charcoal, you're like, oh shit, I have that. Like you literally pull out a black feather. I just throw the newly whittled, like just overhand yeet it, not even paying attention. Like I might hit somebody who knows. It um, echoes, it, like you can hear it, like hit, it ta- like it falls uh, like along the pews and kind of, it just kind of echoes impotently throughout this, this big area. And as I, I look, I like stand up after they had kind of walked out of the room, I look around. Do I see anybody else in here? Do I see anybody watching this room? Uh, yes. Roll me a, uh, roll me a perception check. That's oh, not good. Oh, <laughs> never mind. Perception? Mm-hmm. Uh, 22. Okay. Plus eight. Um, I got a plus eight. You, uh, 
you hear like a kind of like a whistling, uh, like a, a kind of like a, a ambient whistling uh, coming from like, it sounds like it's coming from kind of like back behind the statues because there's like room still back there. Mm. Um, and you can just kind of hear like an ambient uh, whistling and what sounds like kind of like a slight brushing. Okay. Um, and just kind of like a, you know, someone being reverent to a, a temple, I'm going to kind of stand up and walk towards the the front with my hands behind my back and just kind of like look at each of the gods and the, the little plaques they might have, you know, with their mm -hmm. little descriptions and try to get a, kind of like a, a narrowing bead on where that sound's coming from. Do I... Okay. As you're walking uh, kind of past the statues, uh, you kind of like catch a glimpse of what looks like a, uh, you maybe guess to be like an older half-elf um, that is uh, wearing kind of like blue coveralls uh, and is sweeping the floor. <laughs> awesome. Uh, which direction is he facing? Uh, back, so directly back behind the uh, the dais, like past, so like, if the if the dais with the with the statues on it is like between is like you know between the door uh, and the back of this room, uh, he's like path he's between the back of the room and the dais. So he's past the dais, um, kind of cleaning up, facing towards the dais, or he's facing away from the dais. Facing away, uh, he's kind of he's sweeping kind of away from you. Okay, uh, probably a good like 20, 30 feet away from you. Okay. Um, as I kind of get close towards the dais, again, hand still behind my back. Um, I'm going to cast my mage hand, but this time be invisible. And I'm going to, standing in front of the battle rager, which is two away mm -hmm. from the trickster, right? Yep. I'm going to send my mage hand over empty and invisible and see how close the hand can get to the feather. Yes. Uh, so you send that you send that hand over, and uh, it gets within maybe like uh, twelve inches of that feather, um, and you see a what looks like a just like sparks and mm. like a ripple of some sort of like field around it in kind of like this dome that like ripples over the top of it, um, and your mage hand just like is gone. It just like whatever like that is on there like dispels your magic within an instant. Does the the guy react? The the sweeper. Um, he kind of uh, he kind of, here. I'll roll a perception check for him. Here I'll roll your dice against you. <laughs> fair. Uh, no, he rolled fair. like he rolled like absolute garbage. Um, he had uh, I think he's probably uh, hard of hearing and he's also whistling, so he didn't hear it. Okay. Uh, yeah, Glenn's gonna make note of that and kind of just turn on a heel and kind of chuckle to himself being presented with a new challenge and start walking out the door and follow the guys to the, the gift shop. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so gift shop boys, what are y'all doing? Uh, Rangroom's getting frustrated because none of the keychains have his name on it. <laughs> it's Rangrin, Rang Radgrim. Rangrim, I'm like, just, it's none of it's right. Rangrim with a Y. Yeah. I'm so sorry. We, we really, we try to get them all in, but we... Your name, it's a little bit uncommon, unfortunately. I'm sorry. You know what's uncommon? The way I've been treated in this establishment, and I'm going to reach for the nearest magnet and throw it at Cosmo. Okay. Do they have um, magnets? I don't know. I'm just going. No, yeah, absolutely. Free. No, I think that it's, I think it's like a little circular magnet of the uh, the seven gods. Um, and I, it's like made out of probably like, 
uh, ceramic with like a magnetic back, I think. Um, and you pick that and hook it. Uh, yeah, uh, roll me a range attack. Sick. That's my favorite attack I've ever made. Temper tantrum. <laughs> Full blown gift oh, shop temper on, tantrum. I rolled a four. <laughs> it hits the wall uh, next to you, Cosmo, and shatters. Uh, oh, come on. Really? You got. That's you're gonna pay for that, you know. Um. Yeah. Um. I was absolutely going to, but quick, look at that, and I'm gonna point over the other direction. Uh, roll me a persuasion check. Oh, That's a, <laughs> that is much better. That is a fifteen. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I'm gonna roll against you here. You rolled trash. Uh, he he looks over. Uh, <laughs> which direction did you have him point, or did you point? I pointed back into the church. What's that over there? So yeah, he looks back and sees <laughs> Glenn walking in the door. I think. <laughs> yep. I run but... right out the door, right out the other okay. side of the. So kitchen. ahead of you, past the old lady, uh, is that there's a there's a door that you <laughs> just barrel through. Um, roll me. Uh, actually, just just do this for me. Uh, so. Evens, it's push. Push. Odds, it's pull. <laughs> of course. Okay. <laughs> what am I rolling? Just a d20? Uh, yeah, just whatever you want. Uh, evens is push. Odds, it's pull. Even. Oh, God. 18. <laughs> Rangroom goes barreling through the door, which slams open against the wall, and Rangroom is out of the building. <laughs> as, as Nerd turns to look at me, he's like, did you upset another one of my clients i don't know how many times we have to go over this what did you do to him this time uh, can, can you guys gonna pay can you guys just go this is i just i'm gonna have to talk to someone about this this is not acceptable that's that sounds fair and i go and like just grab cosmo by like the back of the the armor <laughs> and just kind of like turn him and start but i wanted a, like i wanted a book I really wanted one of those books. Which which one did you want? One of the it's the I assume that they have a book. Every yeah, every yeah sure. I think that there's a I think there's a history. I think there's a yeah a, a history of like the seven essentially. Um, okay. Before like, before nerd pulls his face out of his hand, I made hand and I grab a book and I just bring it with us. Okay, I don't uh, I don't even address it. I just like start walking him and a book starts floating behind us. Roll okay. Roll me a stealth check. Do you want to do it secretly? You just want to do it. I want to do it quickly. Okay, you're only a stealth check. That's pretty good. A stealth check? Oh yeah, it's great. Thirty. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think that I think that Nerdin is it has his head in his hands, um, and uh, Doris is uh, just has really Thanks, terrible vision. Doris. Oh yeah. my god, I love her. Can I? And uh, I think that you pull it, you pull it off the shelf and put it low, and kind okay. of bring it low on the ground, uh, and it zips out the doorway ahead of you as uh, you two walk out. And Cosmo. A sleight of hand roll to flip a gold coin. <laughs> Just throw it back behind Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Smart. Smart. Okay, sure. Oh, cool. It's a 16. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, it, I think it lands with a 16. I think it uh, it lands like kind of like, it doesn't land like in the, the tip jar on the desk, but it definitely like lands on the desk and kind of like spins and fall, falls flat. And, and Doris kind of is looking down at it through her like magnified eyes. Um, but yeah, you uh, you hear that as you kind of zoom out this door. <laughs> and Cosmo from, sorry! <laughs> uh, 
Oh um, uh, yeah, Glenn's just like pushing Cosmo, and we're catching up with a, a running Rangrim. Rangrim, I I think you can stop. There, no one's actually chasing us. It was very different than our last few encounters. Well, I wasn't sure how much that thing cost. Um, I just blew my entire load on this hammer, and <laughs> I got six copper to my name right now. I'm not losing it to whatever that thing was I threw at Cosmo and that weird temple. I. <laughs> I didn't realize that you were doing that because of financial instability. I thought you were just throwing a temper tantrum. Well, if we're honest, <laughs> no, he's insolvent. He's solvent for sure. He had to sell his armor for a magnet. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, had I known that, Rangram, we would have just paid for it. I thought that was like you making a statement about the gods. I very much misread that that uh, interaction, but Cosmo got you this book and hands him the the book of the seven. Oh, oh good. Well, uh, I flipped him a gold coin. I didn't realize he was stealing it. Yeah, I kind of yeah, that was on me. That that one's on me. I'm gonna take the take the L for that one. I, I definitely misread that that room wrong. But uh, fun fact, there's something going on with those fancy little items sitting in front of each of the uh, the statues. Those are uh, you tried to steal not- one. I tried to creatively procure them into my pocket uh, for free. Why am I Different than stealing. Not surprised. Different than stealing. But they have some kind of a protected barrier around them. So one of us, all of us, maybe just Rangram will help me with that one later. Yeah, definitely not me. Because I've already spouted enough fallacies to get myself told on. So uh, the I'm last thing I needed to this... the last thing I needed to do was steal from the gift shop. I am glad that I'm wearing this disguise, but you two probably are not allowed back in that building. I'll probably be just fine. Rangrim, on the other hand, not. Also, if walking into that building made me pass out, I'm pretty sure. And uh, Cosmo looks around to see if anybody is. Uh, like walking down the hill with us or whatever um yeah that's actually a good that's like uh yeah roll me a perception check sure i perceive i perceive with a 14 okay um i think that i don't think you yeah i don't think you see anything um glenn and rangrim um with your passive, uh, you see that kind of around the front of, like, around the side of the building, around, like, kind of the back of it, um, you just kind of ambiently, and I think that Glenn's actually the one that hears it because of his his higher, I, I think Rangram sees something, and I think Glenn hears it. Um, Glenn, you hear, like, a, a soft whistle, um, and then Rangram, you see uh, what looks like a the form of, like, a, a very, like, elderly half-elf uh wearing coveralls that's kind of like looking at you all from around the the corner of like the the, basically the back of this large temple um and he's kind of just like he's kind of waving you all over oh glenn is all about this glenn like still probably holding the back of cosmo's armor tries to steer him in that direction and uh says cosmo finish that thought quickly but i think we're about to have a pretty interesting conversation i'll wait till later it's not a quick thought. 
yeah, maybe we don't talk about the fact that you're, you know, in other don't say it. Like, okay, and we get to the the old man of the coveralls. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. So you you kind of like he kind of dips back around the corner of the building. And um, when you get over there, uh, you are basically like kind of in the shadow of the back of the building. So it's kind of darker. And uh, yeah, you see this old, uh, this old half-elf man wearing a blue coveralls that's leaning on this, uh, this broom. He goes, you all were asking some pretty interesting questions in there. Seems as though you have some sort of uh, interest in things pertaining to maybe before these seven gods, I, uh, curious, um, what would information like that be worth to you? Well, he was going to give it to me for free, so not a lot. <laughs> uh, well, uh, <laughs> mostly just to answer my curiosity questions, why would I have to pay for it? Uh, my friend's kind of new to the the back alley dealings of this this sort. Uh, more interesting, or a better question: would be What kind of information do you have? Everything's you know got a price to it. We uh, have gold. Some of us have gold that we might be able to spare. Some of us uh, often complete odd jobs here and there. What what are you after? I have been on this this plane for quite some time and know much about the goings-on of the, uh, the what they don't like to talk about here in Sakal and in the Empire. I also, how much do you all know about the, the group to the north that is uh, standing against this, this one set of seven gods? Well, I, uh, we know a little bit Bits and pieces, really. They have a name. Can I say it? How to say it? <laughs> yes, you. It seems like you do uh, are familiar with them. Yeah, we've had a. We met a few. We had a run in with a couple of fellas over in another town, and uh, a couple of dudes in another place. And uh, pretty sure there's an evil demon behind it. It's a thing. Evil demon? What are you talking about? I don't know. It was just something I heard. It's... I don't know. You tell me. Is it all true? I thought those were two totally different things. I'm confused. Whatever. I, I'm usually confused. Me too. True. Yeah, we met, a, we met a couple travelers who were making their way north. They were actually arrested because of their belief in the old gods. Uh, yeah. Nybarg and, and Red, you might might have heard their names. Nybarg Probably not. A, Are you, a, you you actually do uh, see a spark of recognition uh, in his eyes, um, but being kind of like a you know a worldly person, uh, he does not like aside from that like slight spark doesn't show much recognition other than that. I imagine the bard has been telling stories about the Revivus. Yes, for sure. Orcish bard probably has not been keeping his mouth shut. Um, uh, so, sir, we we didn't catch your name, but it seems like you might have a, a story to tell us. Is that something you want to do here? Is that something you might want to? I would prefer not here. Yeah, maybe I we've would... we've got a place uh, down the way. We booked the most obnoxious room. I think either of us, any no. of us, have ever stayed in. But we can uh, 
happily buy you a drink if you're willing to tell a tale. Yes, I I would gladly accept that drink, though not at the uh, the sandy shanty. Uh, if you, how do you know where we were staying? Glenn pulls a dagger. <laughs> there's only there's only one uh, fancy, uh, the most fancy room in this town, and that's of course at the, the sandy shanty. I don't frequent that place. I doesn't really isn't really my vibe. Um, Old man's got vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. After like 400 years on this, on, on, on it's a call. Yeah. Like, come on. You got to have yeah. vibes. He is a vibe. Yeah. Like, yeah. A whole vibe. My name is Hagen. And if you'd like to continue this conversation in more private, uh, you can meet me over at the, uh, the Crooked Tooth later this evening. Are you Reggie? <laughs> I just said my name is Hagen. <laughs> Whatever code names, whatever. Inside check, hundred percent. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for Uh, it. that's probably not great. I rolled a nine. Thirteen. I'll I'll inside check it too. Oh, I rolled way stronger. I I love the idea that Cosmo thinks everybody is like using false names because of the one interaction. Uh, It's a nineteen. No, as far as you can tell, this guy's name is Hagen. Is it is it Hagen of the Dawes family or the animal family? Hold on. <laughs> I want to get the spelling right <laughs> for my notes. Oh God, I just. Oh God. <laughs> so is it? No, it has to be Hagen Doss now, and it has to be related to Doss from. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> We're starting an ice cream oh, line. Oh, and I got there at the same time. We're yes. starting an ice cream line. Uh. Uh. I will either neither <laughs> confirm nor deny that my family name is Das, but oh I, god, it's not pertinent to this conversation anyway. Well, I have a franchising opportunity to present you in the future, but you're right. Let's talk about the topic at hand. Well, I will see you all at the Crooked Tooth this evening. Then is there a is there a password? It wouldn't let us in when we went there last time. When did you try going? I don't know. This morning, kind of, yeah, during trading hours, if you will. Ah, uh, yes, the, the the hours the hours of the crooked tooth are generally uh, whenever it's dark. Quick, quick question that uh, my friend here kind of alluded to, if you couldn't tell, but do you have any information about Reggie loosely? We're just trying to get some information based off a job and. Would love an introduction with him as well. If, if that's something you might be able to do, or if you're just a, a general patron, that's totally fine. But I'm familiar with an introduction. I am familiar with uh, <laughs> Reggie the Rat, of course. Um, he, uh, if you go there tonight, uh, you'll you'll meet him. And if you have any business there with him, then uh, I'm sure you'll be able to take care of it. But I don't really that, know the business. I just know really the no, the name mostly. But uh, yeah, you you blacked out pretty early last night. Yeah, that's that's true. Right. All right. Well, Hagen, we'll uh we'll meet you there tonight. See you. See you shortly. I think we got to go make sure this nosebleed stopped and kind of point to Cosmo landing on his face. That's true. You just have like two like uh, pieces of toilet paper in your nose. <laughs> I mean, you did pee also I, when you fell. I fought. <laughs> yeah. That was that was the wet mark. There was right. two puddles. There's the two puddles. Cosmo's gonna have to change his shorts afterwards. Um, uh, uh, Hagen uh, dips out and uh, walks around back around the corner of the building. He goes in a small door. 
that you actually didn't see. Uh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, actually, yeah, I was gonna say when he left, Glenn makes note of the small yes. door. Uh, <laughs> he, he goes, uh, he puts his hand on this, this panel on the wall um, that seems to open up a small door that is uh, not visible. Um, and kind of like it opens up like the, the, the a piece and like the, and it's like hidden within the lines of the marble uh, and then opens it or opens it and then goes in and closes it behind him. Um, when he did that, did it look like he was mum- mumbling any type of incantation or did it just look like it was pressure plate? Um, hmm. Uh, roll me a, I just offer passive perception. Uh, if I saw him making a gesture for an invisible door, Glenn would have like super there duper was, honed in on it. There was no gesture. Um, but you, I mean, like he, like have, there, there was a wall and he like made to, yeah, you may have noticed the that wall. there was some sort of, uh, there was a slight, uh, glowing around his hand when he pressed it to the wall. Got it. Okay, cool. Cool. Uh, well, boys, I think we, uh, might want to get cleaned up and kinds of motions towards Cosmo and uh, make our way over to the Crooked Tooth again tonight. Does it sound good? Anything you guys need to tackle before that? Well, I mean, I don't really have to tackle anything. I just... I've, are we... Wa- I don't know if we're walking or whatever, but... I was going to say, yeah, we're having this conversation yeah. kind of as we start walking. Yep, yeah, you guys are walking down, um, just, just traveling down that path, getting, again, that beautiful view of Westreach. Um, I think it's like late it's like getting like you know a little bit later in the afternoon at this point i think after it's been it's been some time has passed after we get uh, like the switchbacks i drop the like once we get to the switchbacks i drop the mask many faces mm-hmm. um it looks to cosmos like are you gonna tell us about that little that little episode that you had yeah and as we're walking like glenn's keeping an eye out for anybody coming up to switchbacks to like hush cosmos he's telling the story okay um yeah i i think that uh I think maybe like once or twice uh, through the through it, like you're you're getting like just some like what seem like just regular commoners uh, that are like making their way up to the top with like maybe offerings of some sort, um, but it, nothing and like so you have to shish Cosmo maybe twice. Yeah, with this, anyways, after seeing that again, this whole whatever's going on thing is just getting more and more complicated and uh i think i just i I think i just need some time on my own or just a ted do you uh not want to do cricket tooth with us tonight no we can we can definitely do cricket tooth uh i just i don't know i need to sit and read or meditate something I could not understand more. I mean, I'm, I'm, I get it. My, my mornings are sacred to me. And Rangram, when he blacks out between the hours of three a.m. and four a.m., it's sacred to him. So I get it. Yeah, something. Uh, <laughs> as we as we make it down, um, I imagine we are kind of beelining for the. Sorry, the shanty. What's it called? The the sandy shanty. Sandy shanty. Um, we're making our way there to kind of like clean up because I imagine one we all smell like awful hungover alcohol sweats from doing switchbacks after a night of yeah. heavy drinking and jumping yeah. in the ocean. Um, Glenn looks at Rangram's like, so Rangram, is there anything you want to tackle before we we head over to the Crooked Tooth? I mean, I know you've got that 
big old beautiful <laughs> war club that you just bought is there anything you want to hit with that or what do you have what do you have planned for this town um well not one in particular unless there's any other wacky like magician types that i could grift into giving me some gold because I, I i wasn't lying your boys down at six copper and he reaches Lynn? into his pocket and pulls it out. And goes, oh, wait, wait, I got three silver, too. Lynn is going to pull out 500 gold and hand it to Rangrim. Wow. Which is character development for him. Insight and... check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm just going to, I'm using my passive, which is a 19. Well, I deception check rolled a 20, so you don't know what it is. Um, Wild insight. That's such a wild passive insight. Well, Glenn, that's um, very thoughtful of you, and I'm like, I'm biting it. Yeah, I I give him like a shifty It definitely is not the Balder coins. Correct. Yeah. It says, in a a town like this, the the best situation is to have some get-out-of-jail money, either literally or figuratively, so keep keep this close and Cosmo, make sure you know where your coin purse is at all times. And like as I'm saying that, I'm strapping it underneath my belt and I like cinch my belt tighter. Um again, like I said this morning, the bar we're about to enter is gonna gonna be uh <laughs> a lot seedier than anything we've been to before. Say no more, and he's gonna tuck it. Like he just kinda instead of like how Glenn like ties it up real nicely. His is just kind of like just shoved under like the stomach part of like the breastplate of his chest armor. <laughs> he just kind of just like jams it. <laughs> That's awesome. Up in there, and like, oh, uh. the the belly button keeps it safe. <laughs> if, I, if I don't know, they're taking it. I've had way too much to drink. I mean, at that point, you probably drank five hundred gold worth of uh, booze. So That's fair. Very fair. Awesome. Um, so where are you guys like going to kill time? Uh, like, where would you be going in the meantime? Like, because if you walk straight there, it'll be too early. Um, so if you're, are you going to like do anything in the meantime? Uh, I think Glenn is going to go back. To, well, Glenn wants to go back to Sandy Shanty, back to the room and see okay. if the coin has burned more of a hole in the sofa or into the bed because he left the, the magic coin just on the bed burning a hole. Mm-hmm. Yes. So... So Glenn's going to pull back the, the queen-size blanket on the king-size mattress and see what happens. Uh, Glenn, you get back to the room, and uh, it looks like there's been a small campfire going on. Shit. There is... Uh, We're not getting our like, deposit back. <laughs> it, it looked like, at this point, the, the coin is burned all the way through the actual mattress, uh, like through the feathers and through all the stuff inside there, and is like kind of smoldered outwards, and is now sitting in probably a good foot-by-foot... Foot, uh, divot in the center of this mattress ah shit so glenn's gonna go over to pull rangram i guess like into the room rangram i need your your eyes on something cosmo might be good just to have some extra muscle here and Um, shows them the burnt coin hole um glenn what have you been eating (laughs) it doesn't look healthy trust me if my body was doing that we'd we'd all be in trouble but uh this is a coin I pulled off of Adna, and it's very similar to the one that I disposed of previously. I'm sure you guys recognize it. Like with Mage Hand, the invisible Mage Hand, I'm going to grab it so they can like see through the hand and just like kind of rotate it in front of them. 
it is dark right now. It's the dark tungsten steel. It's not it's, burning. It's not hot. burning currently, okay. but it, it clearly has been on and off. Oh, uh, do one of you want to hold on to this? Do you want me to hold on to this? Last time I got transported somewhere north and had no idea where the hell I was, but I'd say put it in the bag of holding, but I don't know what we want. Are we in the That's room it. right now? We're in the room right now. We're in the, yeah, we're like, I don't know if uh, putting the key next to the coin is a good right, idea. I don't think you don't... should hold it too, in case they take you to wherever this took me and you have the key in your hand. That's true. Yes. No, that's a bad idea. So, uh, Rangrim, I give you this option. Uh, you don't take much fire damage, and you always seem to have a way with words. Do you want to be a holder of the coin, or do you want to leave it in my hands for the time being? You know, I do have a way with words, but, I mean, that thing scared the hell out of me. Uh, but, uh, screw it. I ain't got much else going on. I'm going to put out my metal hand. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, uh, Glenn's we... going to cl- slowly place it in his hands. Yeah, good luck, my friend. Okay. Um, I think we uh, I think we decided that you can, like, still, you can feel in that hand. Yep. Um, he said it still has, like, feeling, and the only thing yeah. is, like, my thumbs up and my middle finger is crossed. Yeah. The, uh, what, what I will say, though, is that um, you are, you can feel it. There's sense in it, but I'll say that, like, pain is like absolutely is very 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 like dull like you're aware of it but it's not like painful to you uh, it's like it's like a disconnect i guess like kind of thing mm. but yeah so where, what are you doing with it when you put it in your hand i was kind of holding it like um so maybe we could like make like a like a small chain mail satchel or something it won't burn through i have all leather armor it, it, it kind of just and i like show them basically my hip it's like just a burn hole straight to my hip. Like you can just kind of, I'm kind of exposed at this point. Maybe if you can keep it tucked up, wrapped up in your chain mail underneath that armor. I don't know. Uh, well, you know, it's funny you should say that. Um, I still actually have my chain mail. You make a little. Oh yeah, you never sold it because you got the armor. Yeah. yeah, I never sold it. So I'm actually just going to tear a piece of my chain mail off. And using it strong, <laughs> yeah. But the, using that in my um, channel divinity, I'm actually going to just make a little chainmail coin purse. That's rad. Does it? What does it take? Like five minutes or something like that? Um, I I always forget. I actually think it's an hour. I can spend okay. up to an hour doing it, but it's uh, with the ringer. Yeah, it's an hour long ritual. But bring a ritual. I don't, take me a I don't think it takes that long. I think you're. I think you're done in. Uh, I think you're done in like fifteen minutes. <clears throat> well, uh, now we got. There's your thing. Um, I've had a lot of time to think this over, and I don't know if I want to carry this anymore. It, it's been a pretty big burden on you for this last fifteen minutes. I get it. I'll. I'll take it back. I mean, I, you I, know, most puking in churches. I mean, I cut my hand off. I think. This should be your little um, blacking out, doing weird shit thing. <laughs> Everyone deserves a blackout. I get it. Okay, sure. I was going to say, Ranker just got rid of his demons, and now you're like, hey, you want another one? <laughs> I, thought, I thought it might work. <laughs> Not you Glenn's tried. problem. Yeah. It was convincing, to me at yeah. least. All right. Yeah, Glenn begrudgingly takes it back and, like, 
oh my god glenn's gonna clip it where like most people would carry a coin purse and not try to hide it and not make it subtle and add two gold coins into the bag with it so it's extra alluring for any thief oh my god just to see someone else steals it (laughs) also i totally the idea the, the thing is it's a metal bag that has something in it that heats up this thing is going to still get... It's still going to burn me, for sure. I'll light yeah. you up. <laughs> I'm living crap out of you. It's um, just going to be more of a weapon that I can, like, shillelagh throw at people. For sure. No, absolutely. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I that kills uh, that kills a little bit of time. Um, but, uh, yeah, so are you all just kind of hanging out, uh, waiting for it to get dark, and then heading over to the, the Crooked Tooth? I think um, Cosmo would probably... Kind of go for a walk, I guess. Just out. Just guys, I I've I gotta take a walk. Uh I'll meet you back here at, at sundown. If that's good. Sounds good. But, Be safe. And uh he would just kinda walk out towards maybe the I mean he doesn't really like the ocean, but he's really just trying to find a spot on his own. And mm-hmm. so maybe wandering out towards the end of the docks or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of, uh, I think there's like a little kind of um, like leading into the bay, into the Harbor area. There's these kind of like, like there's like the natural break and like all these, these, these walls that kind of uh, extend out. Um, and uh, you can like, you kind of walk out there onto this little, like kind of like, you know, peninsula that kind of it, of land that kind of is out pointing towards the, uh, you know, the West, uh, you know, towards the open ocean. Um, okay. And yeah, you can, you can kind of walk out there. You're kind of like, you can see some simulcra of like a, a lighthouse esque thing, like these lights, uh, these like magical lights that are kind of flashing um, up there on the other side across from you. Nice. Um, so kind of as I like approach this space, you know, I really, I kind of just find a spot to just kind of sit down on my own um and I pull out like the the shard from that that uh Melvin gave me okay you're the piece of the table or whatever from within the the dusk forge yeah and um you know maybe I find like a piece of wood or driftwood or something just mm-hmm. and um I I use my chisel to uh, to carve it, I'm gonna carve it, okay. um, and I'm actually going to uh, I'm gonna carve the symbol of Morden into it. Okay. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna make it like a stamp, if it like has... a seal almost. Yeah. Okay. Um, um. Go ahead. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was gonna say. So like, you can make pretty. Um... You could, I mean, are you looking for a particular size? Um, you could, you could probably make one that's a good uh, two inch by two inch. Uh, yeah, just the biggest, like... they, the biggest they can handle, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, you make a good two inch by two inch, uh, like cylindrical symbol. Okay. And um, I kind of like. Uh, I, I guess I would maybe make like a small fire, as it were. And um, I kind of heat up the rock, and as I as as that stamp is kind of like 
heating up under this the small fire i'm i kind of take off my shoulder garb if you will and um and then i i pick up the the emblem if you were and and uh i just kind of mutter to myself of just well i think like my father said uh courage is born in pain and he just brands himself with the symbol of moradin on his shoulder that's awesome uh yeah uh, roll me a uh constitution uh saving throw with advantage been hanging out with Rangrim too long, Cosmo. I would have said that Glenn was going to send Poe as, like, aerial coverage just to see if Cosmo uh, gets fucked with during his journeys. Cons- it was not, a constitution too- saving throw? With advantage, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a strong 27. I figured. Um, yeah, I, you are uh, you are able to withstand this pain uh, and hold it on there for the, like, long, the period of time. Uh, that would be like that you would I guess deem like necessary to the point where like then you like at some point like uh, you pull it away and I think that you have made this like uh, you have a circular symbol um, so th- there's really there's two symbols of Morden so I want your kind of flavor on this there is the the symbol that is the anvil with a fire kind of coming off the top of it or there's the symbol where there is the anvil with a warhammer in front of it um, I would be the warhammer one Okay, cool. So it's like a literally a warhammer standing vertically with a with a anvil yep. behind it. You know exactly which um, one I'm talking about. So yeah, you have you have that now. It's on the side of your neck, or it's like uh, your... it's on my shoulder here. Yeah, like right just, here. Okay, just cool. underneath my plate armor kind of space. Right. Um. Yeah. I just and realized I... for for an audio medium, it is uh, it's on kind of like low, oh, like sure, just sure, above the chest. Uh, like yeah, it's up in the upper corner of my chest, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I think I would just hold it there as long as I could and then, um, pull it down and make sure it stuck. I think that, yeah, I think you have a pretty sizable, uh, divot in your skin from this thing. Like it, you got it in there. Good. Like it is, uh, if anything, you know, it's, it's gonna, it's not going anywhere. And, uh, I would just kind of armor back up, I guess. And mostly just kind of muttered to himself of just, well, if you're out there somewhere, I believe it. And uh, hopefully you'll help me show the rest of the world that you do. And that that's where I guess Cosmo would get up and start wandering back. No, I love it. Yeah. You uh you look up and uh, you hear uh, a Simba from the stars and you look up and it says sex up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, On brand. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. So uh, you that's really rad. I love that scene by the way. Um, but yeah, you. Uh, it sounds like Glenn saw that through the eyes of Poe potentially. Some of that. Uh, less that, more of like Poe would have been a sentry in case Cosmo was getting robbed on his way home. So. Cool. If nothing bad befalls Cosmo on his way back, then okay. Glenn would not have seen any of it. Yeah, po I don't knows. think Poe has think... Poe has now more reverence for Cosmo. Poe knows. Uh, knows. Yeah, no, sure. Uh, I think that Cosmo, you uh, make it back, uh, make it back safely, and uh, you can all kind of. Yeah, I, I maybe I guess at this point, like maybe you all regroup outside because it's like dark at this point, potentially. Unless uh, Rangrim uh, or Glenn, you had anything you wanted to do. 
I don't know if I would have had enough time, but I I do want to get the hole in my armor replaced eventually. But I think that I'll save that for maybe tomorrow or yeah <laughs> before the the sailing. Can... We can journey. argue that if you want to, otherwise you can just say that sometime tomorrow you're like, I stop by the tailor and I pay him some gold. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we can, we can wait. Um, okay. I'm sure there's other shops in West Reach that will catch my interest. So. Oh, for um, sure. No, yeah, you guys I'm, have been I'm, to a total of one. Two, two stores. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no, good to, good to wait when Cosmo gets there, start um, guiding him back towards Crooked Tooth and give him the same pep talk as before keep your keep your purses close and make sure any of the undue eye contact you make you you don't break it first because they see that as a sign of weakness awesome yeah um yeah you all uh you all make your way uh, across town um and it's getting dark at this point there's still people around but it's a little bit less uh like heavily trafficked Making your way, uh, you know, kind of to the the southern part of the town uh, where you found the crooked tooth before, uh, into the kind of like the the dirtier, kind of grungier, uh, shorter part of the city with smaller buildings, uh, less storefronts there, at least ones that you probably likely would want to go into. Um, and uh, yeah, you can see that the crooked tooth uh, there is there is light kind of dimly, dimly, dimly shining from inside those darkened, like smoked out windows. Um, but you can see that there is uh, there are, like more people that uh, are seemingly like around the front entrance and like there's probably like two people kind of sitting like outside of it and kind of the shadows. But then there's like you see at least one person like kind of drunkenly uh, like stumble out of it and walk through one of the alleyways uh, as you kind of so like it opening the door and then like slamming it kind of shut and like wandering off as you guys are, are you, as you guys are walking up. Uh, I would have told them. To, to cover their super shiny gold and super shiny platinum armor for what it's worth, like back in there, like the tarp things that they wear when they're walking around town. Just okay. Does, I got Madame Marsha's cloak on still. That's fair. That's right. And Glenn is not wearing the bright white and gold. He is, he is wearing like his rogue's armor. It's just a bunch of dark leather. Yeah, I was going to, I always picture it as just like a ton of belts. Like a ton of like black leather and a ton of belts, basically, it's with a bunch of studded dagger. belts. Yeah. 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 Uh Cosmo would uh graciously respond of uh I generally only cover up my armor to uh keep it from getting dirty. Not to hide it, but uh appreciate it. All right. Love it. Um awesome. So how are you all approaching this situation? Uh like the front door and everything like that. You're just you, going right on. Uh, you can lead the way. Been there a hundred times before. Yep. Yeah. Glenn doesn't even check to see if okay. he wants the other guys to go. Glenn just acts like he's he's been there before and is headed towards the bar. Walks okay. in and I guess assesses the situation, but tries to keep absolutely. his gait as like smooth as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you walk in. Uh, you walk into this place and immediately are hit with just like the smell of uh, kind of like rank uh like just like rank old like pipe smoke uh like a like place that has not been cleaned in a while maybe there's like some meat somewhere that has gone bad um and this this place is like very dark inside there's pretty much it's mostly lit by like a fire in the corner um and then there it's it's a relatively small space there's probably only room for like three or four like kind of like thick wooden tables with like just some stools pulled up to them there's like a pretty rudimentary bar that's on the back side of the room um, that you can see probably has like uh, a doorway, like, a, you know, pretty like 
surprisingly pretty heavy door that's built into the wall behind it um that's kind of like out of uh you know compared to everything else and how kind of shoddy it is like this door is like metal and like much more secure than the rest of the things in this room um behind the bar you can see that there is a uh like what looks like a kind of squat shorter uh kind of crooked over human uh i say human but they are like very like much like the the people that you saw outside that were kind of goading you they are like overly hairy they have like kind of like hair on their face that's kind of creeping up too high um and then their their front teeth are kind of like sticking out a little bit more pronounced um and they're kind of just like scrubbing the the bar with top with what looks like the dirtiest rag you've ever seen in your life um you in the corner uh as you walk in you notice that the your two favorite friends uh that you recognized from before that were standing outside um, are sitting kind of in a corner uh, corner booth uh, and are not, like, they take notice of you pretty much immediately as soon as you walk in. Um, it doesn't look like Coggin is there yet, but as soon as you walk in the door, uh, you hear someone call to you, uh, and it draws your attention to the left, to one of the corners that's kind of tucked into the left-hand corner uh, that was kind of behind the door before you shut it. And you just hear, Hey! <laughs> It's you guys! And you look over and see both Nook and uh, Kadana, uh, who are both sitting in the corner. And that is where we're going to leave the session tonight. Yes. Love it. That is a good one. Oh, another bar fight. Let's go. It's on. (laughs) Fireball. Thank you for listening to the Almost Heroes and their mostly 5th edition D&D adventures. We post new podcast episodes every Monday, and you can catch us live on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST at twitch.tv slash bangerangbobby. See you there.